0: hi folks uh, just a quick apology apparently I put out Saturday November 7th uh, episode episode number eight without actually including the body of the episode so I'm including that now I apologize that it was just an episode that was a promo um, I'm not still not super uh, adept at podcasting but hey that's uh, it's a fairly democratic platform that we all get to screw up on so thank you very much for your generosity bye Hello all, my name is Hannah Morell. I'm with Pacific Stoa Financial Coaching and this is Miserable Is Not Enough. I help individuals build financial resilience and do the same for the uh, service agencies that support them. So last time uh, I taught you the $1 bill, the $5 bill game. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to episode seven Um, and I think I touched on a little bit I want to drill down on a little bit more is one little aspect of the five dollar bill game that I see pop up from time to time but first I'd like to tell you a story and so this is the story um from Homer so this is going all the way back to the Iliad and the Odyssey and it's about Odysseus um wanting to listen to the sirens. So they were on a part of their journey where they would have to go by the island with the sirens. And the sirens, of course, these uh, two monsters that make themselves appear to be um, beautiful women. And they sing a lovely song, which encourages the sailors to dash themselves against the rock. So um, sirens aren't actually the important part of the story, the way I read it. So Odysseus still wants to hear the sirens he wants to know what the the, it sounds like but he can't do that um, without killing himself so what he does is he makes all his sailors pour softened wax beeswax into their ears so they can't hear anything Um, and then he has them bind him to the mast so lash him to the mast of the ship so that as they're going past um, they won't hear it Uh, they won't hear the sirens but he will Um, And on they go. Um, It's successful. Um, He gets to hear the sirens, um, and they tell him exactly that, please come close to us. And uh, the men on the ship only see the sirens as monsters. So what Odysseus is using here is something called a commitment device. Um, And the where you may have heard this if you've ever seen anybody or known anybody who has somebody else hold their cash for them, that's a commitment device. Or I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say something like I can't go into a craft store or hardware store, um, because I'll just go nuts in there. That's a commitment device. Uh, another one would be like, let's say I determined that I eat too many cookies, which is true. I do eat too many cookies. Any amount of cookies is too many cookies for me. Um, So my commitment device could be that I don't buy the cookies, so I just leave them at the store. Or let's say I buy the cookies and I bring them home and I lock them up in a cabinet and I give you the key and I say, look, I don't care what I say to you, do not give me the key to the cookie cabinet. That's also a commitment device. Commitment devices are both good and bad. They are what we do when we we're beginning a behavior change. They are a way that we remove ourselves from temptation. So we're getting some distance, we're getting a some sort of a barrier between ourselves and a temptation that we are uh, trying to avoid. So for short-term behavior change, commitment devices are okay frequently when I see people trying to change their behavior in the short term, so like a one-time thing, they'll use a commitment device and and that's okay. The problem is is if we begin to use commitment devices long term, they actually become a bad thing because what a commitment device is doing is it's reinforcing to ourselves over and over and over again that I cannot be trusted. So if I could trust myself with cookies, then I could just leave a box sitting on the counter, right? And I wouldn't have a problem. If Odysseus could trust himself not to um, dash himself against the rocks uh, when listening to the sirens, then it wouldn't have been a problem. If someone could trust themselves with cash, they wouldn't need somebody else to hold it. So again, I'm not saying don't use commitment devices. I am saying be aware of them. Be aware that if you feel yourself, if you hear those words in your in your head that you're going to, you know, that you're about to use some sort of a commitment device, and it doesn't matter what it is. Um, It it has the potential to reinforce to you over and over and over again that you cannot be trusted. And if you can't trust yourself, long-term change becomes pretty near impossible. So what we need is to be able to trust ourselves. Um, That's called resilience. And if we can't do that, long-term term change becomes impossible. And I know I've said that a couple of times in a, two different ways, but I really, really want you to hear that. Um, the way that this ties back into the $1 bill, $5 bill game. So if you're using that, that game for yourself or you've taught it to somebody else, be looking and listening for commitment devices. For the $1 bill, $5 bill game, it sounds like uh, I took the fives and I stuffed them in a shoebox in my closet. My next question would be, Are you doing that because it's convenient, like, or you're trying to keep it away from somebody, or you're trying to keep it away from yourself? And if they answer, I'm trying to keep it away from myself, then I know that they are using a commitment device. And typically, I will share or teach exactly that to them. I'll tell them the story about Odysseus. I say the thing about me and cookies. Um, It is important for people to be aware that they're using this tool, but again, I i am not dissuading you from using a commitment device. I just want you to be aware that it's there. And frequently just being aware that this is me reinforcing to myself that I can't trust myself is enough to kind of cancel it out. It's enough to be like, oh, of course I can trust myself with cookies. What am I doing? Um, That's enough uh, for most people. For others, it's gonna take some more in-depth change tools, but this is only the beginning, right? Commitment devices, again, and uh, what we do when we are trying to begin a behavior change. It is not a great long-term tool because we are not allowing ourselves to trust ourselves. So if what we're after is long-term change and resilience, a commitment device is probably not suiting us. If it's short-term, one time, a really um, discreet the temptation that we're up against, um, then a commitment device is fine right? Um, but it's not great for long term. So so that's it about commitment devices. Uh, be looking and listening for those. You don't have to really do anything, but I would love to hear what you find out. Like if you're looking and listening for commitment devices in yourself, what do you notice? What are you trying to separate yourself from? All right. Thank you, folks. I will see you in two weeks. Be well. The tools, concepts, strategies, and processes covered in this curriculum, coaching, and podcast are meant to be used for your personal development and or in the partnership with the tools that you are already using in the service of your community. If you are considering seeking compensation or contracts using this financial coaching curriculum, please reach out to Pacific STOA for more information on the Financial Wellness Coach Certificate and exclusive licensing.